Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show, where we talk about community stuff. In fact, I tell people we should call this show Community Matters because community does matter, and we talk about matters of the community. So along that line, we have Sergeant Larry Dotson, who's both a friend and a colleague. Larry, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Jamie. You have an interesting career in the Community Engagement Bureau, but we want to talk a little bit about you personally. So before we do that, I also want to introduce a repeat guest, which is Sergeant Steve Reum from the Phoenix Police Department, and you just got assigned to the Public Affairs Bureau. That's correct, uh, the silent witness coordinator position. But previously you were here, we were talking about your role as community action sergeant, and that's one thing that the three of us all have in common is we've all worked on community action teams. So, Larry, I don't know if you remember this. You and I hadn't met, and I saw an article that was written about you where you were able to talk about, it seemed, faith, your role in law enforcement and community, and you summarized everything very succinctly. And and I thought you did an amazing job talking about your role with the community and how the community views you. You have a story of something that happened with the community that crossed over into the personal lines. And I know you don't share the story with everyone, but can you talk a little bit about what that was and how it touched you and your family? Oh, absolutely. In 2014, I was assigned to the South Mount Precinct as a community action officer and specifically given an assignment to go and uh, be a bridge between the Lindo Park community and the police department. Uh, So I visited that community daily. I spent most of my days in the park just hanging out, waiting to talk to people, going to different community meetings and gatherings. And in the the prior three years that I was there, I'd never missed a single event that took place in Lindo Park. And on March the 21st, 2014, I missed an event. And the Blockwatch president, Muriel Smith, wanted to know why I wasn't there. My partner slipped and told her that my wife was at the hospital delivering uh, our child. So that following month in April, we go to the Blockwatch meeting at 1902 West Rozier, a church. And I walk into the room, and the room is decorated in pink and purple ribbons with little brown babies. <laughs> all over the room and there's cake and their presents on the table. And I'm like, Muriel, what's going on tonight? And she's like, well, we're supposed to have a surprise baby shower for you. But now that you're here, I guess it's not a surprise. And you really had no idea this was going to happen. No idea. Okay. I I didn't even let Muriel or anyone from the community know that my wife was expecting a child, that we were expecting a child. So it was a surprise to me, you know, and I tell that story because it's one, it is the highlight of my career. Mm. This December, I'll be, I would have been a police officer for 20 years. Five years with the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department and 15 with the city of Phoenix. And that is the most memorable story that I have as a police officer. And I don't folks that we work with. I don't know if they know that you, you did serve elsewhere. But I was talking to someone this week and, and this person is is retiring. And I said, what will you miss most? Normally people say, well, I'll miss the people uh, that I work with. But what this guy said was, I miss or I will miss the ability to walk into a community and make it safer for the hardworking men and women who live there. And you have spent the majority of your career serving the hardworking men and women who live and work in communities. Is that just kind of how you're naturally bent? Is that your passion, the service part of what we do? Absolutely. Uh, it takes a special person uh, to humble themselves, 
Uh, so I think the characteristic of a police officer, that number one characteristic for me personally is humility uh, because we deal with people from all walks of life. So to be able to lower yourself and think of others ahead of yourself, uh, that's what establishes those relationships with those community members. And they see it when it's real and when it's authentic. And I think that that is true. And I thank you for saying that. I, that is true no matter where you work, where you serve. But I think it is especially true in the foundation for any serving that you do. Viewing others as um, oftentimes we look at how do people fit into our world and how do I make them fit to benefit me. But what mm-hmm. what I've seen you do is say my role is to serve and protect. And you and I have been in numerous community meetings where I've seen that. You're never about saying what you want to say. You're one of the most active listeners I've ever seen. And then you figure out ways to serve people based on on what they're saying. But I recognize that does come at a personal cost. You're unbelievably devoted to your family. I know you're very proud of your family. We talk about them frequently. How do you manage the police side of what you do, the demands that that the time can take sometimes away from the family, and being as present and and serving your family as much as possible? Uh, Love and attention as soon as you get home. Right. We oftentimes deal with a lot of stressful things at work, uh, but you have to be committed to leaving those things at work and putting on that hat to returning to be that husband, that father, that son, that brother, that friend. And if you're able to do that, I mean, you should be pretty successful at serving your family. And at the same time, servicing your community, which actually provides for your family. And the reason I know that you're completely legit, one, because I know you, but two, I getting to know you and hear about your family as your wife was recently completing a process and she's been very successful in that process. The pride that you have on your face when you talk about her and how that's changed the trajectory for your family, that has to be an amazing thing to see people that you love being so successful uh, because they're not being successful despite you. They're being successful with you. And I know your family is is moving in a better place. This, has this been a pretty cool process? Absolutely. Absolutely. My wife uh, serves as a registered nurse at County Hospital. So we're both in the field of service, uh, which requires a lot of our family, Uh, both of us on the front lines of 2020 uh, serving our communities. And we talk about it every night. It's a selfless thing to do. but We have great honor and joy in doing it. But you've also been really good parents as you've been doing it. And I don't pretend that being a parent or a spouse or in a relationship is easy and holding a career. It's not. You make it look easy, and I'm sure every you know everything requires some work. But you really have been able to honor your wife. Uh, I think you, you're doing great as a parent, and you're just really serving the community and the department. So I don't tell you enough because we joke about a lot of stuff. Uh, I've seen the impact firsthand you've had on the community, and you have made this community better because of how you serve others. So thank you for that. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you. Is there any community groups that that is there anything that you would offer any community group who might be a little apprehensive about reaching out to the police department to to better work together? Things are starting to open up a little bit more. What would you say to communities who want to align more closely with law enforcement? I think the first recognition is. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm all those things first. While some people may view us as police officers, they see the uniform, but I take those characteristics, those identities, those things that identify me, and I take them to work with me. And I remember those things as I'm serving and giving to people. So as much as um, we don't want to be judged or judge other people, take me for who I am. Mm. Give me the opportunity. Give me the opportunity to show you who Larry Dotson Jr. is. 
and we'll go from there. And I've seen, as I mentioned earlier, I've seen uh, you and I were in a community meeting. Uh, we came back from vacation to be there and watching you interact with. It was a mixture of both youth and in the back of the room were some of the parents. And you were able to relate seamlessly to everyone in that room. You made some real connections, people you never met before. The uh, feedback we got after that was was amazing. And, and I think to your point, you're just being Larry. You're just Larry. I think for the most part, that's who all of us are. You know, there's those moments where we have to play the role of police officer, right. right? And we have to take care of business. We're governed by laws and policy. But at the end of the day, I am a person. Right. I am a person. I'm trying to do the best that I can, just like every other person walking the face of the earth. And I think if we view each other through those lenses, we'll be in a better place. And, you know, Steve, I'll bring you into this because uh, when you're on a community action team, you're often uh, one of the folks who responds when there's a um, – I don't want to say tactical, but it's if there's a protest or a civil disturbance, we often help out. And I think that oftentimes, and I've seen it, people look at us as nameless, faceless. We have the helmet. We all have the same uniforms. And it's easy to Larry's point to say, uh, you know what, this, this, this isn't a person. Uh, but you, Steve, you, you know the stories of each of the men and women on that line because they work for and with you. Uh, what was it like to go down and serve the community in times when you really wanted them to know Hey, we are, to Larry's point, fathers, sons, mothers, brothers, sisters, aunts, significant others. Did you ever struggle with that? Yeah, I'd definitely say uh, there were some points in time when some of the members of the crowd were saying some very hurtful things and picking out certain individuals for their certain personal characteristics was hard. But I think the way we acted and staying professional the whole time really kind of send a message to them that, you know, we're above that and we're always going to be professional and treat everybody with respect. And also having Larry there, worked with Larry on many of those protests um, and gatherings uh, was helpful because he was in some soft clothes, plain clothes. He dresses very nice, if you know Larry. <laughs> and uh, it was helpful to have him there because he could uh, kind of bridge that gap between the uniform look and uh, the community for us. So for those who've never seen Larry or his team in action, our community response squad, I had the, the pleasure of working in the Bureau and, and doing this. And you have the uniform personnel who are there to make sure everyone's safe. But then you have folks like Larry and his team who are in, to Steve's point, polo shirt, pants, and they're making those personal connections in the crowd. You have the right to say what you want to say. We just don't have the right to harm anyone or violate any laws. And, Larry, oftentimes, you, if you look closely at the news, you can see you and your team in there. I don't want to say were you ever scared, but did you ever feel like I need to somehow make the connection with folks to keep everyone uh, I don't, safe and, 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 not, and, and enable them to say what they want to say but do so in a safe manner? Was that ever a challenge for you? You know, with this job, with law enforcement, when we're right there at that moment, I don't think fear is the first thing that we experience. We're goal-oriented, mm -hmm. so we know we're there to accomplish a goal. Uh, so that's the first thing. I'm there because the department needs me to accomplish a goal. So fear was never an issue. You think about those things afterwards when you make it home <laughs> or when you're driving home. But the goal was to try to communicate with people the best, they, best way that we could. Uh, some nights we were successful. Some nights we weren't. Um, the, the biggest asset we have in this career is we hire amazing, caring men and women who go out and serve. And then by doing hiring humans, humans are 
you know, we all make mistakes. There's things that we could do better. Uh, but I would say that having watched what you and your team does when everyone goes home safely, I think your goal was accomplished. But I've watched you do it, and you do it with an air of humbleness. And I think people naturally lean into that. So you must have had somebody at some point say, hey, thanks for treating me this way. That's got to have happened to you numerous times. And it happens all the time. Um, those are the stories that you don't get to hear about. Even in the midst of all that chaos, we still had people walking by thanking us for the job that we do, thanking us for the sacrifices that we make. Um, the entire crowd was never totally against law enforcement. We had very many successful contacts on all, all of our protests. And I know the big ones of 2020 is what everybody sees, but we're constantly out there, constantly on things that you'll never see on the news. Recently in church, they talked about um, a compass on a phone and uh, what is your true north. And when you decide your true north, it helps dictate all your actions and how you how you how you compass out your life. And Larry, you you are someone who always seemed very strongly guided by values, and it, it's impacted your family and those that you serve with. Can you talk a little bit about the role that uh, having those foundations played in your career? It's what keeps me on straight and narrow. You know, because I know outside of Chief Jerry Williams, I'm held to a higher authority, even beyond her. And I know at the end of the day, I'm going to have to look my wife in the eyes, my son, my daughter, my mother, my father, and be accountable to them for the things that I do when they're not looking. Character is what you do when no one's looking. Uh, Larry Dawson, I thank you not just for your service for the community, and I hope a lot of community members hear this. Thanks for your friendship. Uh, you've always been the voice of reason and somebody that I trust completely. I've gone to you with things that you've told me were stupid and silly, uh, but you did it in a loving way, and I didn't take offense, and I appreciate how you how you lift others up, sometimes at your own expense. Uh, and I wish you total success in everything you do from this point out. And Steve Riom, thank you for being here today. We know you're going to be back here more often, so thank you for what you're doing. And thank you, most importantly, to Bonneville for this time so that we can speak to the community. Community matters, and we want to be a closer part of what you do. So check out Silent Witness at silentwitness.org. And until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.